Hi, welcome to episode 15 of the American Point Op podcast titled Drop-Off Service Do's and Don'ts. I'm your host and editor of the magazine, Bruce Beggs. Drop-Off, also known as wash-dry-fold, fluff-and-fold, wash-and-dry, or bundled services, is a service widely offered by vended laundry owners across the country. Customers drop off their dirty laundry, and a laundry attendant washes, dries, folds, and packages the clothes for the customer who pays the dollar or so price per pound at pickup and checks that chore off their list. Yes, it's a common service and quite popular, but our laundry owners seen that the goods are being processed and packaged for their greatest benefit. Joining me to discuss this is Beverly K. Blank, a former store owner and former president of the Southern California Coin Laundry Association. When her Los Angeles laundromat burned down in 2012, she segued to sharing her fluff-and-fold expertise as a consultant and trainer. Today, her goal is to provide strategic consulting services unique to each client and to offer detailed staff training and procedures that result in a large, loyal customer base. She joins me from her office in Beverly Hills. Good afternoon, Beverly, and welcome to the American Coin Op Podcast. Thank you very much, Bruce. It's a pleasure to be here. How can a laundry owner, you know, even before we talk about the the nuts and bolts of drop-off service, how can a laundry owner best determine that his or her operation is ready to even offer the service that's sustainable? Excellent question, Bruce. Your store is ready once you are satisfied that the daily operations are running smoothly and that you as the owner have a handle on the ever-present challenges. Introducing fluff and fold services is a second type of income stream, which can be very profitable if it's done properly and monitored carefully. The first thing to ask yourself is what is your financial goal here? A, to generate maybe less than $2,000 a month income just for some extra cash in your pocket, or B, create enough profit to pay for some or all of the staff salaries, and C, which I encourage, is to design a unique talk-of-the-town drop-off service with great profit margins. Unfortunately, only 5 to 10% of the Bonnermat strive for this. What resources, in terms of manpower, equipment, order tracking, etc., are needed to execute a reliable drop-off laundry service? Well, fortunately, depending upon your store, Bruce, Uh, The condition and the age of the equipment will determine whether or not you need to buy additional equipment. Generally, it's not an issue. However, I would suggest that anyone interested in fluff and fold services uh, avoids using top loaders because they simply consume too much water. The average single person brings in between 12 and 20 pounds per order, which includes clothing and linens. You want to use either 20, 30, or 40-pound washers and they are the most practical to use. In my experience, the saying that a new brush sweeps clean is applicable when introducing drop-off services to an existing staff. Too often, current staff are not interested in adding more duties to their list and quite often will quit after the training takes place. And then it's back to hiring, training new folks. With this in mind, I strongly encourage owners in hiring new employees whose job description focuses on the drop-off services. I've discovered, Bruce, that it takes two to three months to find, train, and practice for perfection. The staff will be doing the fluff and fold. How can an operator best determine their pricing structure for this type of service? 
And is it reasonable to upcharge for special care or handling? When I take on a client, the first thing I do is I put on my Dolly Parton wig and big glasses, <laughs> and I check out the competition. It's absolutely amazing how owners determine pricing without finding out what other people are doing. When our store burned down in 2012, we had a 15-pound minimum, and we were charging $1.75 a pound. And it was next day service, seven days a week. Today, I see prices in the dollar to dollar twenty-five range, and that's six years later. As far as upcharging is concerned, I highly recommend that. The upselling could include providing additional services, I believe, and having a tiered pricing, a basic price, and then add some bells and whistles for a more aggressive pricing. I would avoid doing same-day service because when you're doing a lot of laundry and the average attendant can do about 100 pounds of laundry in an eight-hour shift, when the pressure's on and you have multiple orders to process same day, people tend to take shortcuts and that's when the problems occur causing the reputation to be diminished for your services. To maximize the drop-off service income, I always present other ways to upsell services, including, as I mentioned earlier, tiered pricing or individual pricing on specialty items such as comforters or blankets or pillows, etc., providing pressing services and co-partnering with dry cleaning services. The many possibilities for additional income are only limited by your imagination. Promotion is a key aspect of any personal service. In what ways can or should a laundry advertise that it offers a drop-off service? It's amazing, Bruce, in our high-tech society that so many laundromat owners do not have a web page and just the basic will do or use social media to advertise their drop-off services. Say that the majority of drop-off customers Perhaps 70% are males, college age to middle age, who have disposable income and consider doing laundry a huge waste of their free time and energy. Having simple exterior signage and indoor signage is also very necessary. And most importantly, having an enthusiastic, well-trained or well-informed staff is the best and most effective way to increase sales. I've seen stores that designate certain equipment for processing drop-off work, while others have their attendants use the same equipment that self-service customers might be using. How can a laundry best organize its drop-off service so as not to interfere with its self-service or walk-in business? It depends upon the size of the store. If you have a store that is 7,000 square feet, and that's very unusual, you certainly can set aside certain equipment and area to process fluff and fold services. But for the average store of 2,500 square feet and a little beyond that, there is sharing of the equipment. However, I would suggest the following ways to handle that. Orders are not required to be processed during the normal business hours. One must always remember that those loyal walking customers are going to be there week after week, and you don't want to have them waiting while washers or dryers are filled with laundry that has not been removed even though the cycle has finished. Owners could consider other alternatives 
to doing fluff and fold service. One option might be to have the night staff sort orders and place those orders in marked washers for the next day processing. Or orders, if qualified, orders could be processed after the last wash is started. Another thought would be to process orders after the store closes. Of course, that entails a lot of uh, changes and a night shift and so forth, but it is an option. If you're open 24 hours, processing orders during the downtime would be an objective. And the final one would be to process orders an hour prior to the store's opening. When customers arrive, the washers will be available because the orders will be in the dryers. Although it's not something I've ever recommended, some apps have restricted hours for fluff and fold services just when the staff is present. Beverly, let's get into the staff part of this equation. How should staffers be trained to handle drop-off service? And should every attendant be trained on every aspect? Or should the laundry have, quote-unquote, specialists? I prefer to have just those staff members who've been thoroughly trained on the detailed procedures involved and who exhibit awesome customer service and practice proper phone etiquette. You know, we have a limited time here today, but if, if you could just talk briefly about what you mean by phone etiquette. It is so critical when that phone call comes in that you are prepared to answer the question. Oftentimes people say, well, how much do you charge for fluff and fold? Before I would answer that, I would simply give them a 15-second idea of what we offer, how we are different from our competitors. If you're charging $1.75 a pound and the competitor is charging a dollar a pound, the customer has no idea what the difference is. Most of them will go to the cheaper price. It's important for people who are doing fluff and fold to be able to answer the phone, explaining the uh, answers and questions and so forth to get people to come in uh, with that friendly voice and the information they need besides just the price. What's a reasonable turnaround time for a drop-off service? I think yes. you had mentioned earlier that, that you might not want to do same day because of the amount of laundry you end up doing. You might actually not be able to turn it around in that time. What's a reasonable turnaround time and what might impact that period? Many people, many owners will want to say, well, we can turn your order around in two hours or four hours. That puts a tremendous burden on the staff. We never know customers coming in, emergencies happen, and so forth. It's very sad and unfortunate when a customer comes in and says, well, you promised my order is ready. We'll come back tomorrow, whatever. That's a real turnoff. Social media will hear about it. I much prefer to do the following. I would tell the customer, it, we have a 24-hour turnaround. However, if we can get your order done before that, I will call and let you know. There won't be an extra charge, but I don't want to overpromise and under-deliver. That's not a good place to go. And as we get busier and busier and we have more orders to do, the quality of that product is diminished. And that's where we have combined orders, missing orders, misplaced things, lots of confusion, and we want to avoid that as much as possible. What type of system should be put into place to ensure that one customer's garments don't become mixed with another's? The key is to not mix orders from the start, whether it's washing or drying, and to tag the orders so there's that the bill or the invoice and the colored tag or whatever you want to separate 
follows all the way through from start to finish to minimize those mix-ups. Let's talk about packaging. You know, how are drop-off orders typically packaged? And why is packaging so important to this type of service? I encourage my clients to create an attractive, neatly organized package, never using trash bags, unless, of course, it's requested by the customer. When the customer gets home, he can or she can take everything and within three or four minutes, put it where it belongs, either in the closet or in designated drawers or whatever. Time is money, and that is what they're looking for. Might a laundry need to review or adjust its insurance coverage when it begins offering drop-off service, you know, just because they are accepting and holding another person's property? Absolutely. The first thing I would do is to call one's insurance agent to see what they have available. I would check with the insurance company because each state is different. Many laundromats will post a disclosure saying, we are not responsible for articles not to claim within 30 days disclosures about the damages or lost items and so forth. How can a manager or attendant best handle any issues that arise with a customer's order of fielding complaints and responding to them? The handling of someone who's probably a bit unhappy that something happened to their order. Talk about how a manager or attendant can best handle that situation. I encourage an awesome staff to be empowered with taking care of problems. I let them know that in their mind, they have maybe a, say, a $100 imaginary checkbook that if a customer comes in, he is upset whether the machine didn't work, whether it was perceived or real. Attendant, of course, would write it down, but give the customer back, or not necessarily the money, but the credit back. You Take care of the problem right then and there when the customer is angry. As best as possible, try to rectify the situation. Don't wait for time because time only causes the problem to be exacerbated. It sounds like staffing is key to making your drop-off service go. Many people can fold clothes, and do, but they don't have the personality to establish with uh, the customers. The CEO of Zappos, Tony Shea, has a quote, you can't deliver good service from unhappy employees. And I think that's very, very true. Customers will overlook a lot of shortcomings or problems. You have a smile on your face and an apology, and we'll fix it. That goes a long, long way. With that, I'm going to close today's episode of the American Coin Op podcast, Drop Off Service Do's and Don'ts. Beverly, you've certainly given our audience a lot to think about. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us. Thank you for the time and, and being with us today. It's been a pleasure, Bruce. I thank you very much. And here's to lots of dirty laundry for all the folks out there. The American Coin Op Podcast is a production of American Trade Magazines, LLC, in Chicago, with music written by Nazar Ryback and provided by Hook Sounds. You can learn more about our monthly podcasts at our website, AmericanCoinOp.com. And I encourage you to send your feedback and topic ideas to me at my email, bbags at atmags.com. For American Coin Op, this is Bruce Beggs, saying your cycle is up.